This episode of Family Trips is brought to you by Nissan. Whether you want more adventure, more electric, more action, more guts, or more turbocharged excitement, Nissan is here to make sure you get it. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Hi, Pashi. Hi, Sufi. I'm going to make a call out to our listeners. Do you mind? No, go for it. Be my guest. I know that sometimes you get a little persnickety when I start talking to the listeners more than I talking like to you. I like the listeners. Okay, the, great. I'm, I'm a fan of the listeners. And uh, you're also a fan of the listener episodes. The first one was great. We're going to do it again. We're reaching out to our listeners. If you have a great story about fall travel, about Thanksgiving, I guess people don't do a lot of trips for Halloween, right? I mean, some people do, but those people... We don't really want to engage those with those are weird. people. Those are weird. Yes. Someone's like, oh, we're, we're traveling for Halloween again. That is a real, your friend's a witch. So Thanksgiving, if you got a good story about that, uh, leave us a message at www.speakpipe.com. That's S-P-E-A-K-P-I-P-E.com backslash family trips pod. We had a listener reach out, Josh, with a message. It's a very exciting message. A great message for the content and also from who it came from. Yeah, exactly. It was from the dad of the kid who fell off the side of the Grand Canyon. <laughs> His name is Wyatt. Well, yeah, Wyatt Kaufman was the kid. Yeah. He's fine. He's like 99.5% recovered, according yep. to his father. He's missing a leg and a foot. <laughs> I'm just no. trying to think of what 0.5% is. No, he's fine. <laughs> he's still wearing a wrist brace. He's wearing a wrist brace, which I think is, if you say what is 99.5% fine, that means you just are walking around with one uh, wrist brace. Which also, like, as someone who's, you know, I've broken uh, my leg three times. Yep. Two of those were, I guess one of those, I was really like a kid. Like mm -hmm. having a cast, Yeah. you get a lot of attention for that. And I feel like Wyatt is still sort of probably getting his props yeah. from his friends. Because, you know, I don't think you encounter a lot of new kids when you're at that age. But when you do, they're like, what's up with the kid with the, the wrist brace? And they're like, oh, he fell into the Grand Canyon. And everyone would be yeah. like, oh, that's... Oh, I would be dining out on falling into the Grand Canyon. Yeah. I mean, it's almost the only reason I'd want to go to the Grand Canyon. If you told me I could fall <laughs> and be 99.5% fine... Within a few months, I'd do that yeah. in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. I will say, does it bother you that without falling into the Grand Canyon, you seem to have been hurt worse in your life than the kid who did? <laughs> no, I'm fine with it. I'm happy to be, I mean, I don't know that I'm, I don't know that I'm 99.5% fine. I feel like- You definitely I've... aren't. Now you <laughs> broke your leg in two places because you were driving around in the back of a, what, U-Haul truck? Yeah, I think it was a rider truck, but same, A rider same. truck. And I wasn't riding around in the back. I, I had a job to do. Oh, what was your job in the back of the rider truck? We were moving these risers, which uh -huh. uh, were very heavy, sort of like tables with very short legs. Yep. To put audience members in a show, like one row back at a level higher so they could see this a stage. This was a college production. You were in the Northwestern production of Hair, correct? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it was totally a uh, a student run. This wasn't like a Northwestern show. It was no. a, as evidenced yeah. by the fact they thought a job was go in the back of the truck with the risers. Yeah, they were like hold these risers up against the wall, and there were two sets of them, and they were both uh, leaning against the wall, 
like the hypotenuse of a right triangle. Now, why was it important to hold them up? Why wouldn't you just? This is a great question. Okay, and I don't, I don't think it was important. Yeah. And inevitably, I did a bad job at it because when the driver of this truck pulled out uh, onto Sheridan Road and made a, a hard left turn, mm-hmm. the centrifugal force yeah. on my side pulled them off the wall. And these were very heavy. And they fell and uh, caught my right leg, sort of a back of the calf, and uh, sort of put a new knee right there. It was a new new bend in the leg. Broke two of the big bones. Tibia fibula. Massive injury. Yeah. Oh, super bad. Super bad. Most pain you've ever been in? Yes, I think so. I mean, I would argue maybe the most pain I've been in is hearing about it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I apologize to our listeners, but it was, yeah, it was, it was gross. It was bad. There was an old commercial that used to run on Saturday morning cartoons where it was like a guy was playing basketball and he had a fake leg and it was sort of a like, you can do anything you want to do. And he would like lace up his shoes and then went out onto the court. And I, I, in my head, I was like, I'm going to be that guy um, who was, I was never going to be as good at basketball as him because it just wasn't in the cards for me, but I was sure I was going to lose part of my leg, like my foot and yeah, but it didn't. And I'm glad you didn't. I do remember getting the call. You called me to tell me the news, and mm-hmm. I was very angry, which I felt bad. <laughs> yeah. I think this is, I in general, it's been a lot of one-way traffic of you calling me to be like a, a, another traumatic injury has taken place. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's because I feel so bad for you, but I, I, I also feel bad because I think I didn't take it out on you. I'm yes. like, son of a bitch. Like, I'm not, so I apologize. Yeah, I don't want these injuries on myself. No. Also, that one, when I... You know, I got taken in an ambulance to the emergency room and they gave me something to dull all the pain away, morphine, whatever it was. I'm not entirely sure. And I was in the emergency room and had a little a little thing over my finger that was taking my pulse. Yeah. And I was hooked up to machines and I was not the most pressing case in the moment in the emergency room. So there was a lot of activity going on around me. And at some point, Uh, I had my little heart monitor and I started flatlining. And I thought in my sort of drugged up, you know, broken leg brain that I had died. Yeah. And I'm watching all this activity all around me. And there was a nurse walking by and I said, excuse me, nurse. And she heard me, which was great because I thought she might not hear me if I was dead. Classic, you're not dead giveaway. Yeah. I was like, I think I'm flatlining she pushed this little thing a little bit more onto my finger and then my heart rate returned it had never left me it was i will say pretty bad product design if a little wiggle of the finger can (laughs) give you the flat line yeah i mean maybe it was maybe it was more of a flail on my my part again i was pretty hopped up so i i want to note because we were talking about how you know why kaufman um you know obviously he had a, a injury because he fell off the side of the Grand Canyon and you had yours because you were in the back of a rider truck. Should we add a question to our guests where we say, have you ever been in the back of a rider truck? Was it worth it? You know what I mean? Like it's the new Grand Canyon question. Yeah. Well, I mean, I recall Timothy Oliphant and his fiance mm-hmm. went not only to the Grand Canyon, but like slept in the back of a rider truck. That's true. Probably no risers though and, and no quick turns. No, but he had a couple cats back there. That's true. Yeah. 
if you went in the back of a rider truck with a couple of cats, just, you know, and they were sliding around as you made turns, like, that looks like, that sounds like fun. I'd do that. <laughs> Thank you to, uh, to Wyatt Kaufman's dad for reaching out with that good news. We got to get Wyatt on the pod because if Wyatt, after falling off the side, tells me it's worth it, <laughs> that might be the tipping point. I'd love to talk to him. <laughs> if he can look me in the eyes, post tippy off the sidey. Yeah. I don't want Wyatt to hear this and think, you know, want to give you the victory of him saying that, that like, no, it's not worth it. I just want, I just want his honest take. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, I hope everybody knows that this is uh, family trips is in, in an honest zone. In fact, I'll continue with some honesty. Oh. Our guest today is Reggie Watts, but before you hear our conversation with him, you have to listen to this song from Jeff Tweedy. We're so happy to have you. I'm feeling the Myers. <laughs> yeah. How are you? I'm good, man. This is very exciting. We're we're catching you as Reggie Watts, the author today. Yes, that's right. You've written a new book, and it's very yes. exciting. And uh, your book is called Great Falls, Montana, Fast Times, Post-Punk Weirdos, and a Tale of Coming Home Again. It was funny. I realized I have no idea where Reggie is from, and I think I would have believed anywhere. That is how yeah. <laughs> how mysterious I find you, Reggie. I would have accepted any answer. Yeah. I also feel like in watching you, like watching different clips of you here and there, you very often have like different accents or different sort of ways of speaking. So you are sort of that amorphous. <laughs> That's um, true. Yeah. Yeah. But then, That's of course, true. when I read your bio, of course, it makes sense that you were a Air Force brat. So you were actually everywhere. Air Force proud. I don't even know if that's the saying. <laughs> <laughs> that would, yeah. Uh, yeah, that would maybe undercut Air Force Brown if you don't even know if that's the saying. So, Is that what we say? <laughs> so talk us through uh, your beginnings. Yeah, I mean, my dad was, uh, I get confused, but I think he was in the Air Force at the time. He was, he was in the Army and the Air Force. Uh, he, tr he transferred to the Air Force uh, after the Army, but I think... He was decommissioning a, a base in the north of France, and then he, there would be like a, there was a bar called the Charlie Bar that uh, a lot of the jetters would like hang out in after working or whatever, before going back to the base, I guess, in Germany. Um, anyways, he met my mom there, and then, um, yeah, they had me like, I don't know, I was like maybe two years later, they were in Stuttgart at the time, so I was born there, and then... Yeah, we moved around Europe a little bit, ended up in Spain for two years, and then moved to Great Falls about, I was about three and a half, almost four. Okay. Um, and that was, that's how it all got started. So French mom and American dad. Yeah. Any connection to Great Falls, Montana before you moved there? Uh, no, not at all. No. I mean, my dad's from Cleveland. That kind of helps. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. It's not Montana. But it is, yeah. yeah. It's on but in it's the like, United States. It helps you pick elsewhere. Yeah, it it, it really does. Yeah, <laughs> Cleveland does. It's like that's their tagline. It helps you pick <laughs> elsewhere. Is uh, after the uh, major industries moved out of there, that was their saying. But yeah, you can draw like a line. You can go like Cleveland and just draw a line straight to Great Falls, and it it kind of answers your question. No, um, I I think uh, it was you know like when you're in the service, they'll 
you're, you're supposed to transfer and oftentimes they'll give you the luxury of choosing between a few different places. And, um, and so I think our choice was between North Dakota and Montana and they picked Montana because they thought the schools were better. Yeah. That'll do it. How did your French mom find living in the United States, especially Montana? I think she loved it. She fought for her space pretty severely. Um, she's a, a fighter, almost like a little too much, but you know, but but great for me because I felt like super protected the whole time. Yeah, she so she kind of just like you know she came into the neighborhood and had almost like a gangster vibe to her. <laughs> She's just like, "You mess with my family, and I'll kill you." You know, like that kind of stuff. Because <laughs> we had some run-ins with some neighbors and things like that. You know, just being like, "Who are these weirdos?" You know, like who's this like black guy and a white lady I can't understand and some weird kid. You know, like that was the vibe, which. Ultimately, I don't fault anybody for that because, like, anytime you get someone weird, obviously, you don't have to be an asshole about it. But it's like, but like, <laughs> they were just, you know, they they're kind of ignorant to a certain degree, you know, because they there's just they don't get that many different people coming through town more than most towns because of the air force base, but like, still not that much. So we had to kind of fight for it. Do you remember the age that you sort of clocked that being from a biracial family was different than? Most of the people around you? I think relatively soon, you know, like I, I definitely, you know, as a kid, you're just like, oh, my dad's black and my mom's white, you know, and then you like go over to your friend's house. It's like, both of your parents are white. That's crazy. And you're white, you know, like, like <laughs> definitely more of that. Uh, and so that was noticeable. Um, but, you know, there were a few friends that we had that had like, like my friend Wally, his mother is from Spain and uh, had like a thick accent. And my friend Mike, his mother was from Greece and had a thick accent. And my friend Tony, his mother was from Thailand and had a thick accent. So there was enough of that around to kind of like give me something, you know, uh, to kind of bounce off of my identity. But uh, yeah, it was kind of apparent right away. Are there Great Falls in Great Falls? Yes, there are technically Great Falls. It was named after some waterfalls that were uh, that are actually, I believe, it's further downriver than where the town is built. Okay, but that's what it was named after. Then there, there's a hydroelectric dam. Like the cover of my book has me kind of like like over the hydroelectric dam, <laughs> <laughs> but the the an- anaconda dam. But uh, yeah, so they built uh, I think two hydroelectric dams before the Great Falls. So I don't know how great those falls are anymore. Right. Sure. Did you, in writing this book, because this book is about you sort of finding your community of, I don't know, what's the right word? Outcasts? Weirdos? Uh, yeah, goonies. Uh, goonies. I think goonies is a good word. <laughs> Close enough to the Pacific Northwest. But yeah. In, you know, obviously you made a choice to write this book. And so you knew there was a story there. But in writing it and sitting down and recollecting, were you surprised at how much you remembered in the act of writing it yeah oh for sure i mean i i was remembering tiny you know tiny sense memory things like the sound of my mom putting away you know spoons in the drawer you know or the you know the sound of the screen door slamming shut or you know like those are tiny tiny examples but like yeah it, it brought out a bunch of things and it still continues to like even when i was reading my book for the audiobook I was having these memories like, oh, right. Oh, yeah. You know, it was, it's just an ongoing thing, which is something I'm absolutely fascinated in because 
we miss so much of our lives. I mean, it helps when you have siblings and things, you know, where you can kind of talk about, what did we, what did we do on that vacation? No, that was when you stole the thing. It's like, I didn't steal it. Then it's like, no, I did steal it. You know, like when you have people that corroborate your existence, it kind of helps flush it out. But as an only child, you know, I had my friends if they were around, but a lot of stuff was me on my own noticing things. So I, I don't know if I can, you know, it's like, I don't know how much I can remember, but, but this has helped a lot. It is nice, I would imagine, when you write a book like this, knowing you at least won't have a sibling contradict you once they read it and say, how dare you remember it that way? You're kind of in a nice place where you get to, it's almost could be fiction. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's so ridiculous. Um, Yeah, I mean, I imagine Seth's going to write a book someday and I'm going to be like, come on, man, you know, leave that out. Or your way off base. It wasn't cornflakes. It was product 19. (laughs) (laughs) I promise to let you have a pass at anything you're mentioned in, Josh. I don't know if I want to read it. So now you don't even want to read it. <laughs> I just, yeah. I mean, I'm going to let people tell me about it. And then I'll be like, that's nonsense. Well, this is a, re- this is a real encouraging uh, push towards writing a book that my own brother won't even read it. Yeah. Now, I'm wondering, you know, so you obviously have this Army Air Force dad. Uh, he meets his uh, uh, wife, your mother abroad. Does this then make them travelers? Were you the kind of family that, like sort of had wanderlust because you'd been so many places? I mean, it's kind of strange. I mean, yes and no. I mean, well, not in the traditional sense. Like we didn't really go. I wish I had a record of like all the places we went, but I don't remember. We didn't travel that much. Like the big traveling that I would do would be in the summer uh, to go either visit Cleveland, Ohio. Um, my, My relatives in Cleveland, my dad's side of the family, or we would go to France to visit my French relatives. So that was the biggest thing. And obviously when we would go to France, we would travel to Paris or we'd go to, you know, the cemetery in, uh, outside of Nancy or something like that, or the, or Nice. But generally speaking, like, I don't know, we, there were some times where we'd travel to Glacier National Park. I think we drove to North Dakota with my dad's grandparents at one point, but I don't have a memory full of like, oh, we were traveling everywhere. Like we'd go to lakes some sometimes, but it wasn't really that much. I went almost with more with my friends' parents when they would go fishing for the weekend. I'd go with my friends. So oddly, not as much as you'd think, but I think maybe because they traveled so much already, um, maybe they were down with not traveling as much. I'm not sure. I always wonder about you know, people who are in, uh, you know, the service, the armed services, and they and they live abroad, and it becomes just work, and maybe becomes a little bit less necessary for leisure if you've already traveled for your job that much. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think so. Well, I mean, in the case of my father, I, you know, it's like I am going to hire somebody actually to try to, you know, like an investigator to to mm-hmm. go in and try to find when my father joined the army when, because I want to know exactly because it's also like vague um and I, I didn't go there unfortunately while they were around to ask them but i think my father started probably in 1967 or 66 and then went to vietnam twice and then switched to the air force so you know i think for him he, he was pretty in in it and was looking probably for something a little more chill I did have a subtle zing that I want to apologize for about Cleveland, which is a wonderful city, and I enjoy going there. I have enjoyed performing there. But as a kid, were you equally excited about going to Cleveland or going to France? Did you have a preference? (laughs) 
Yeah, that's like a, that's a good question. I mean, Cleveland was weird. It wasn't like I was stoked to go there necessarily. It was more like I had to prepare myself to go there because mm-hmm. I wasn't like fully I wasn't fully accepted there by the kids. Like I was a weird kid. I was like a lighter skin, you know, big-nosed weird kid that sp- speaks the way that I speak. But I was very fortunate to spend time with my grandparents and to go to the family reunions and to have that that sense of culture and that side of my family that I wasn't really exposed to because most of the time I was in Montana, which was, well, it's about 98% white, the state, mm-hmm. at least yeah. at that time. And so, and then going to France, of course, more whiteness. There's a lot of whiteness around. So for me, it was like, it was pretty intense to like go to a culture that I'm part of, but didn't spend, don't spend that much time in. So I will say that I was appreciative of it. I would have, I would have never, like if someone was like, would you have never gone there? I was like, no, I'd absolutely would have gone there because it was super important. Like me seeing Ghostbusters 2 with Bobby Brown in it in a black theater in the neighborhood was like, like I'll (laughs) never, there was not one white person in there. It was crazy. It was like, you know, like there's like all these people just yelling at the screen screen, and then Bobby Bobby Brown does his cameo and it was like, "Ah!" And it was just like, you know, moments like that were amazing, you know, or just summer nights, you know, kids running around, you know, fireflies and, and again, in trouble. Like I wouldn't trade that for anything. Were those reunions like big? Did, was it a big extended family for your father and his side of the family? Yeah, it was, it was pretty huge. It was, uh, my father was an only child as well. So I kind of got his vibe a little bit uh, while, while he was there, the way he would be in it. Yeah, there were cousins and of every kind and aunts and uncles and, you know, it was huge. It was probably about like 50 people, you know. Were they like multi-day affairs or was it like you're going to somebody's house or you're going to a park or? It was, it was usually a park. It yeah. was usually a park. There, people would come over to each other's houses to help them prepare. Like my grandma would be making like chitlins and, um, you know, preparing like her dishes that she would bring. And so there would be like the house full of like aunts and uncles and cousins running around and they're preparing the food. And then everyone gets in the car and caravans to the park, you know? Um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, pretty weird. I didn't really mix very, I mean, like I, I kind of stayed on the outskirts and like kind of talked to people. I was just like a little shy in those things. It was, it was kind of crazy. You, uh, if your uh, dad was an only child, that means you're the only grandchild were your dad's parents. Did they treat you like the, incredibly special only uh grandson uh, yeah i guess that's true right my grandmother was a jehovah's witness so i never really got any presents from her but um not that presents are what determine how much someone cares about you but sometimes kind of um, <laughs> that's a good thing to remember if i ever forget to get a present for my kids i might just tell them that i've recently converted <laughs> please do and the, the cool thing is that when you use that excuse specifically like they everyone understands <laughs> yeah, like, like, they're like so so understanding and so warm and so loving. <laughs> I'm I'm proud of you, Daddy. That's what your kids sound like. Um, no, uh, <laughs> Papa, I'm proud. Um, that is them. That's very good. And, oh, okay. You have a well, good ear. You have a very that's so crazy for, for chil- You have a good ear for children you've never met. Like, <laughs> Holding on to that. No, uh, I don't know. I, I didn't necessarily feel, I mean, I think that I, it must have been, you know, them going like, well, we got this kid here for a little while. Let's, you know, let's hang out with him. 
and he's the only one we got. I'm sure that that, that was there. I didn't necessarily feel like overly spoiled. That's definitely a spoiled kid for sure, but I didn't feel like over because my parents, like from Cleveland, like my grandparents, you know, they they were in a corporeal punishment and you know being strict and rules and all of that stuff. And I don't think they had like that big of a generous sense of humor. Even though there were times, like my grandmother, when she would laugh, it was like the whole universe shifted because she was so like scowly usually. And then all of a sudden she'd start laughing and it was just whole room would levitate. So, you know, different kinds of people. Nice to know that that's in there when somebody like that laughs. Yeah, isn't that great? Yeah, 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 that's important. That's what you hold on to. Did you like go around to Cleveland? I I mean, and see the sights? Would you, because I imagine... You know, I I don't know Great Falls, but I imagine it doesn't have much of a sort of city complex to it. So would you yeah. would you go downtown? Would you go to like the zoo or you know were there things on your list that you would do other than seeing family? You know, sometimes I go with my neighbor. There were neighbors across the street, and her and the kid there. His name was Reggie as well. So uh, mm. so we two Reggies getting in a gremlin and going to Sea World. You know. Definitely went to movies a lot. I loved malls. Mm-hmm. It was the 80s after all. Yeah. You know, malls were like, oh my God. <laughs> I think I think malls are primed uh, for a comeback. I think you're right. I had to go to a mall recently, and I think malls yeah. gotta make a comeback. I just remember as a kid, you just need yeah. a place to go where your parents are confident enough to just leave you there. Yes. And there's enough adults about that you can yeah. kind of have a nice time. Yeah. Very pro malls. We used to ride our bikes to the, the Bedford Mall, which was like a very small mall near us. But like there was a Papa Gino's pizza and you could get a slice and a Coke for like, you know, something minimal, something that you would pay in the yeah. 80s. Or yeah. And yeah. then you just walk around the mall and it was yeah. fun. And maybe see other kids and like yeah, socialize. Yeah, see other kids. Yeah. Totally, yeah. On escalators, passing each other on escalators. Yeah. A mall with an escalator. What I wouldn't give. A mall with an escalator is the, is the two best. Two floors? Yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> wow. we had two floors, man. I was really proud of Great Falls. A lot of people in our generation that we've been talking to did not get on a plane until a lot later in their life. Obviously, you'd have to fly to France. Would you fly to Cleveland? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, later, like I developed a weird fear of flying in my early 20s. And so I would I remember taking a bus, which I will never recommend anybody do for a long period As of time. As your parents flew, you said, I'm going to tap out of this flight and I'm going to take no, this bus. Okay. No, it's like, no, I was like going to go visit, you know, my grandparents as an, a young adult. And so I was like, I'm going to take a bus. And it was just like the most depressing, the smell of the bathroom. Ugh. How many hours is that? Oh man, I don't know. I mean, because it's a bus, so you gotta like add yeah. on, double it, <laughs> just whatever it is, double, double it. it. Yeah. yeah, not going that fast. Plus stops, probably like four days, five days. Wow, wow. that's no Something good. Like that. No, yeah, and I did it by train too, which again, not recommending that. I mean, if, if I had a sleeper car, maybe. I love the idea of train travel. I find it very romantic, sure. and yet I just feel as though. Especially American trains. There's no no one who's ever taken the long trip has told me you gotta do it. <laughs> yeah, we have we have a friend, Peter Moscos, took a train like cross country, I wanna say, and he loves trains. And I was like, How was it? He's like, You shouldn't. It's not great. <laughs> yeah, when a train person is telling you, like, ah, I don't know. If you were taking a trip up to 
I don't know, Seattle or something like that. And you took a train from LA and you got a sleeper car. Mm -hmm. Maybe that could be nice. You know, um, yeah. I've definitely taken the train from Portland to Seattle. It's a pretty short ride, but um, yeah. you know, that's nice. And also New York, like the Northeast, like coming from New York and going upstate, you know, taking a train just kind of makes sense. And it's not that bad, but, but yes, in general, like mass long distance travel in the United States on a train is depression city. I'm sorry. Amtrak. Yeah. yeah. So I would imagine it was different summers that you would do a Cleveland or a France. Yeah. So yeah. how long would you go to France for when you would do that trip? Uh, almost the whole summer vacation. I think like maybe I'd have like a week in the beginning or actually sometimes it would be like the very next day we'd go. Wow. Like we're soon as school was out like that last day, like the next day we were going to France. And would your dad come the whole summer as well? Or would it be you and your, your mom and your dad would come when he could? I think my dad probably went in the, the summers like when I was like maybe between seven and nine, although I don't remember it. Um, I remember always going with my mom. It was definitely mostly my mom and I that would go. And did she speak French to you growing up? So were you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I learned French growing up, but it was all by ear. So sometimes it, it's it's a weird way of learning something because I don't know mechanically necessarily how it functions. So sometimes when I'm reading them, I, I can't get the accent right, but I can get it right by ear the way that I've, normally talk French, speak French. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a weird one. It's a weird <laughs> crisscross. Well, that. our mom was a French teacher and she was our French teacher. And I will oh, wow. tell you, if you can still speak it, your way is better. Oh. <laughs> and I would like to tell you, je m'appelle Josh. Ooh, oh my God. <laughs> Josh, how are you? <laughs> Have you performed in French? Have you done uh, like stand up in French ever? A little. I did a couple shows in France. I did a show in Paris, and I, did, I yeah, I spoke a little French. I mean, in a silly way, not in a yeah. very like nuanced way. Um, I don't quite have that, but yeah, I mean, it, yeah, not the whole time, but some of it, yeah. I just talked to somebody who did a show in Paris, a, a stand up, and I was, I just thought, oh my god, that must have been amazing. And they said, yeah, it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah. It's totally true. The French are the French are they're they're a little weird. Their tastes are very interesting, and uh, they generally they respond to very silly things, right? Pretty pretty well. Jerry Lewis, famously Jerry Lewis. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they love like big like physical clowns silliness. Yeah, yeah. clowns clowns. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, they they're they're good. So I usually kind of defer to big dumb silly things. Not dumb, but you know, just like. There's just stuff that I know that French people would like. We lived in Holland for a while, and they have an expression there called Hekebeck, which means crazy face. And it's oh, like sometimes you just got to lean on that good old crazy face. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it's, it's true. It's true. Yeah. It's, it, it works because it's the biggest thing, and everybody gets it. They're like, oh, yeah. Oh, I know what you're doing. I should mm -hmm. stress, I have great appreciation for anybody who comes see me perform where English is their second language. I am not being of judgmental. Course. I'm blown away that you're willing to make the effort. Oh, 100%. But you kind of have to meet people a little bit. You yeah, know? It's you, like, right. You know, you, a little. And and I don't know. I mean, like, I was when I was in Italy, I did gigs in Italy, and I don't speak Italian at all. I just did the gig in, like, fake Italian the whole time. And uh, <laughs> and they were, like, they were just staring at me, like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> it, was, it was the greatest feeling in the world. But, but I, I think we had a good time. Hey, we're going to take a quick break and hear from some of our sponsors. 
This episode of Family Trips is brought to you by Nissan. Posh, these days too many people have to settle for the next best thing, especially when it comes to choosing a car. Yeah, but at Nissan, there's a vehicle type for everyone, for every driver who wants more. Whether you want more adventure, more electric, more action, more guts, or more turbocharged excitement, Nissan is here to make sure you get it. Because Nissan is all about giving people a whole spectrum of thrills to choose from with the diverse lineup of vehicles. Sports cars to sedans to EVs, pickups, crossovers with Nissan's diverse lineup. Anyone can find something to help them reach their more. What are you looking for more of, Josh? I like a nice ride. I like a nice sound system. I like something that's, yeah, that's comfortable. You like to have room to load up a bunch of gear, go somewhere do an adventure i do i'm never happier than when i have sort of a, a full car a roof rack on my car makes me happy and all i need is a cup holder for an iced coffee and nissan can provide you with both of those things so thanks again to nissan for sponsoring this episode of family trips and for the reminder to find your more learn more at nissanusa.com i'm a big fan of marine layer but i'm gonna turn it over to Josh because he's just a real convert, guys. We did some ads for Marine Layer, and I was like, I need to get some of this stuff. So I ordered four items, four winners. I got a pair of shorts, a pair of pants, a t-shirt that is unfathomably soft, and then a cardigan for my fiance Mackenzie that she wears all the time. Four for four, that's rare. And there's times where it's layer on layer action because she's wearing it, you're wearing it, you embrace double Marine Layer. Absolutely. And it's frictionless. They're so soft, it is frictionless. And you can get exclusive 50% off discount with code TRIPS15. That's a one and a five at marinelayer.com. And look, we can all admit that the perfect tea can be hard to find. So look no further than Marine Layer. For a limited time, get 15% off with the code TRIPS15 at marinelayer.com. That's code TRIPS15 for 15% off your entire order at marinelayer.com. Saving your closet. One shirt at a time. Which kind of shirt did you order, Josh, just for our listeners? It's a blue t-shirt with a nice little logo. It's not overly large or offensive. And it's the softest tee on the shelf. I can't wait to visit you and steal it. <laughs> I'll know you've been wearing it because it'll smell like you. That was hurtful. Did your uh, mom come from a uh, big family in France? Like when you went back, did you see a lot of hers? Well, she has one full brother. And then think three half siblings, and they had a lot of kids. And her brother had, I want to say like two or three or something like that. And so, yeah, when we go back, we stay at her, at her brother's house in the north of France in this little tiny village. And I had tons of cousins around there. I would sleep in a weird bed in a cave. Their house was like 500 years old. And I would like, like sleep in this cave, like dungeony place that I loved. But, uh, yeah, so there were tons of cousins. Yeah, we'd go, we'd go to Metz, and then there'd be like cousins in Metz, and there'd be cousins in the center middle of France, and there'd be cousins in Nice. Yeah, I grew up with a, yeah, kind of like a big French family, but I don't really talk to them that much now. I don't know. It's like so, so far removed. But I'm sure like if I came back to France and hung out, they'd be like, hey, welcome back, you know? So yeah. that's always good. Were they, I mean, because obviously uh, you were different. Of the cousins, you were sort of an outlier. Yes. Were they very accepting and, and warm to you? They were pretty cool. Yeah, they were. They were really cool. Yeah, I got along with my cousin Jean Pierre a lot. Like we we used to hang out quite a bit. And then um, I had some cousins that you know had added. We had attitudes towards each other. Or whatever these like rivalries just, and things like that. That's just French. That's just French. That's just being be, French. You, you just got to be French. It's got to be French. <laughs> got to be French. Would you come yeah. back from a summer in France and be one of those kids who would then sort of? 
brag it out in the streets how lucky you were that you got to spend a summer in France like when you got back to Great Falls? <laughs> I don't remember being that way. I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past me. But uh <laughs> no, I think I was mostly just like, I don't know, chill about it. Like I was I was in France and then the kids would ask me questions about it. I, th I think it was mostly that. But I wasn't I definitely wasn't like, I was just in France. Because I think <laughs> an element of me I wanted to fit in. So I didn't want to like, you know, make myself even more distant. Were there any like uniquely French games? Like, I'm just wondering culturally as a kid, like, was there like, Oh, now we put a broom in a bucket and we run to the square. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, that, that was a, that was one, but um, we. A bucket and broom. Did, uh, yeah. Oh, bucket of broom. Well, we played petanque a little bit. Oh, yeah, you know, there the, you know, the whatever balls game yeah, I played some in petanque. the sand that this seems like, like, what are you guys doing? I don't know. I don't understand. Let's do it. So what are the other versions? Because I will say petanque is by far the best name for that game. <laughs> yeah, 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 petanque, yeah, jeu de boule, jeu de boule, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah and bocce. But petanque being just this, it feels like the sound of those balls. Yeah, petanque. Other. I know, yeah. petanque. Yeah, it's pretty petanque. I didn't go to France for this, but my mom would have from her French class like Tintin books and asterisks and Oh, yeah. Like, did you sort oh, of yeah. find your of way into like French, Belgium comic books and stuff? There was some of that for sure. Asterisks and obliques were very big. And some other French, yeah, Tintin was definitely in there and some other weird French cartoons as well. Yeah, it was like very weird vibes, you know, like for it's just it's like dipping your toe into an alternate universe or something like that when you're growing, especially when you're a kid, because your mind is so fertile with imagination. And like you, you have like now you're like, what is this? What is this weird toy that of this Viking with stripy pants? Oh, who is this? Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's from Asterix Noblex. What is that? It's like, oh, it's just Belgian. What, what is that? And you're just like, you know, it's like this whole other strange world and then when i was in france they would play a lot of japanese animation so you'd get what was it goldorak was what the in france they called him goldorak but oh he, uh, here it's voltron oh yeah oh, yeah. There you go. yeah yeah it is yeah, always yeah. i think when you're a kid it blows your mind that there's a whole they're like volumes and volumes of a different thing for kids that yeah, you sort yeah. of be like whoa asterisk yeah. noblex yeah there's like a thousand of them you're like a thousand and this just yeah. happened uh, while I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, what's what's happening? You know, I mean, we got the the Smurfs over here, but the Smurfs were around, yeah, for a while in Europe. You know, and 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 so you know that that was like a little bit of Euro. I mean, once in a while we got a little bit. Now, the United States did get some Euro shit. Yeah, it is a shame that we got the Smurfs. I, I mean, <laughs> of all the things that came from, here. I know. I we know. also we we got uh, Bell and Sebastian. I don't know if you remember that, Reggie. Oh, but I, Yes, of course. Yeah. Yes, of course. We had a great Pyrenees, and her name was Belle from that show. Uh, Belle and really? Sebastian was like a story of a French boy who had lost his parents, and he had yeah. a huge great Pyrenees, and then he had a very small dog that lived like in his pocket. Oh, it oh, was also right. bad. It was also Smurfs. <laughs> it was level beautiful, bad. and we it named was beautiful a beautiful dog after and it. bad. It was a TV show. Yeah, it was a TV show. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. And the Smurfs, I, I'm referring to uh, the novel, uh, The Smurfs. 
Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, 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 the, yeah. the actual yeah. long-form, no-pictures Smurfs book is the one that right. I enjoy. Right, gotcha. Now, you yeah. I, you know, you can't start, I mean, I'm assuming maybe you could to some degree, but I'm, I'm assuming you don't start your career in Great Falls as a performer. I mean, I know you do school stuff, but when you yeah, started yeah. doing shows, you were in Seattle for a while, correct? Yeah, I was in Seattle from 90 to 2003. All right, so that's a, a lot of time. Would your parents come? to see you did they like to travel to see you perform yeah i think they came to stuff my, i think my dad was a little less likely to do that but yeah they would come to stuff for sure my mom came to everything for sure like she was always there my dad was when when he was living with us up until about age 13 he was at i'd say he's, he'd be at like 80 percent of the things which is pretty good for a dad that's pretty good yeah yeah that's not you a bad know. number at all especially a dad from back then your mom was, uh, it sounds uh, from everything I've read, incredibly supportive of your creativity. Yes. She was like, I mean, it's funny. I think, I think, I don't think that she necessarily understood what it was, but she, she understood that it's something that I wanted to do and that I was passionate about. And so she supported it that way. So, you know, it's kind of like old school, like raw report. Or something like that. She just understood in a way that was a little bit more energetic. And so, yeah, it was great. It was great that she saw what I like to do. And she's like, okay, well, that's what you want to do. Then fucking do that shit. You know, and, and I'll, I'll help out as much as I can. As long as you keep doing your chores. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that's a very, I can only imagine that's how she sounded. <laughs> that is how she said. She'd be like, hey, as long as you do your chores, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> Now, anyone who's familiar with you is aware that you have this incredibly unique comedy style. But when you're a kid in school, are you just sort of doing like the sort of school plays that we all picture? Is that your start? Are you doing theater stuff mm. or is it more music stuff? I mean, it's it's kind of it's a combination of both. But I did do some theater in elementary school, really basic stuff. I wrote my own play and put it on for the school at one point. Then in junior high, I was very social. And I think I did a little bit of drama stuff, but not a, not a ton so much. That was mostly like school dances and being on like student union a little bit and, you know, after school programs, a couple of those, you know, it was mostly just break dancing, you know, listening to Billy Ocean and having a good time. That works for me, man. Hey, come on. I mean, yeah, come crowd on. Get out of my dreams. Yeah, get out of my dreams. Yeah, and then, but high school was really where I got into drama formally uh, and uh, was competed in and was in a couple plays and things like that. I think it was, we were in Tartuffe. Mm, uh, Tartuffe? That's pretty advanced more. for high school. I, yeah, yeah. But it was so good. It was so great. It was I just, really I had never much. read Tartuffe and I like saw it at a used bookstore and bought it recently and started reading yeah. it. And I was like, Tartuffe rhymes? Like Tartuffe rhymes the whole way through, and it does. It's like it has a real Dr. Susie feel. I'm sure you could see it performed in a way that isn't in my head. I was really sort of tripping along no, in that. It was just a silly, okay. for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a very physical kind of. It is a cartoon play. Yeah, it, it's like yeah. it's a perfect way of describing it. But when we were doing it, I mean, we the bed, or no, sorry. We did the, not Tartuffe, we saw Tartuffe in uh, Missoula, but we did um, The Imaginary Invalid. 
And right, I'm not familiar. Another by the same author. But yeah, that one was crazy because like this it takes this a guy that hangs out in bed the whole time and he's sick or whatever. And but so we made the bed a trampoline. So it looked like an old fashioned bed, but like at times like the, the imaginary invalid would get up and he'd be mad and he'd be stomping on the bed and he's just like bouncing super high in <laughs> the air. It was it was pretty cool. But anyways, it was a very cartoony play. I mean, it was yeah. That's, that's, yeah. the, that's that dude. Do you remember what the play that you wrote in junior high was about or the general thrust of it? Well, that was the that was in elementary school. Okay. That would have been like maybe fourth grade or something like that. It was about, it was just like, don't use drugs. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It was an, yeah. it was an anti-drug now, thing. Now, have you been that, asked to do it or did you on your own? No, I, I asked to do it because yeah. I wanted to put it on. But a teacher didn't say write a play about uh, no. an anti-drug play. You had this. That's one. No, I I got a meeting with the principal and, and asked him if I could. <laughs> Nancy Reagan got to you. Her message got to you. Totally. A hundred percent. Nancy's everything. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. She got yeah. to me too. The first time I ever saw Seth drink a beer, I totally flipped out. I will say he was not twenty-one, and I. Oh no! Was, yeah, I was not pleased. That's insane. Our yeah. parents were out of town. I had about, th- I think I had three friends over. It was not a rager. Yeah. And we yeah. were, pro- I'm going to say, I mean, 17 or 18. Probably yeah. 17. It might not have been, but Josh was 15. Okay. And j- okay. the lack of chill Josh had when he saw us. <laughs> I mean, we had one six pack for four dudes. It wasn't like we, and we weren't going to drive anywhere. And Josh, like, I think, like, just haymakers started throwing punches. I was really mad. And then you guys wanted to go, like, TP somebody's house. And I remember one of your friends being like, isn't this fun? And I've never liked TPing houses because I'm always like, someone has to clean this up later. Yeah. That, and I fun. was, you were right on that. Maybe we would have stayed really at home if you had let us drink our beers in peace. We only went out to <laughs> yeah. TP. That all would have been okay by you, Reggie? I, everything except for the TP. Okay. I yeah. agree with I agree with the TP. Okay. I did do TP once, but I was like, this is a lot of work. And also I just feel bad for people having to clean it up. Yeah. I also feel bad. You should never do it. It's a terrible thing to do. And also well, I, again, we had our, you know, Nancy Reagan. We also had a lot of 80s movies that led us to believe that TPing was a rite of passage. And I can mm-hmm. only tell you it's not. Yeah. I mean, Pee Wee Herman, you know, his yeah. impassioned speech about not using drugs. It's very, very, very thoughtful, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and it made sense. <laughs> Did you ever travel as an adult with your uh, mom? Did you guys ever go on trips together? Not a ton. I mean, my parents came to visit me in Seattle, I think, maybe in the early 90s or something like that. That was cool. I wish I, wish I could remember more about that day, but they came, they came and then my, uh, I think my mom might have come again, you know, uh, to visit and... But I don't know. There wasn't a lot. It wasn't a lot. My mother, later when I was living in New York, my mother came to visit me and I took her on a tour. I took her on a tour bus and we went and saw a theater and, you know, took her to dinner and that was really fun. But yeah, not a lot. Had she ever been to New York before? Um... No, she'd never been. Wow. Yeah, pretty so cool. So how old was she? Would you Would you guess if you could try to when she first went to New York City? Um, let's see. Yeah, she would have been. I this think, is this is like watching that movie, 60s? A Beautiful Mind. 
60s, <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. I'm just running every calculation possible. <laughs> it keeps coming to out get us to 60s. 60s. <laughs> Based on how long this was taking, I thought you were going to get it to the day. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> you, you, you you've landed within a decade. Was she yeah. someone who, when she came to New York City and, and you did all those things with her, was she someone who was sort of in awe of it or was she more reserved? I think she loved it. I think she she was really impressed by it. She was taken in by it, for sure. Uh, she was an interesting person. She wasn't outwardly curious about a lot of things, but I think she had to have been because she's very passionate about discovering new things. But she was also kind of timid a, l a little bit, but also, I don't know, she was very extrovert, introvert, kind of a strange mixture, depending on the context. But she had a blast, you know, it was good. And uh, I'm so glad that I, I did that with her, you know. I wish I would have done like more. Some of my parents, you know, some of my friends are like, parents are going out to stay in a cabin together and gonna go over to, you know, wherever in the traditional swimming hole, you know. I have a lot of friends that are doing that or going on road trips with their mom. And I just never, that wasn't my relationship with my parents as much. You mentioned earlier the, uh, like, fishing trips with friends, families and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Was that driving somewhere from Great Falls? And would those be weekend trips or little day trips? Yeah, they were definitely, uh, like, weekend trips. Uh -huh. Yeah, so every weekend there was some friend that was, you know, if it was the wintertime, they were going either snowmobiling or they're going to go skiing or snowboarding. Gotcha. Any ice fishing? No, no, okay. never did ice fishing. Yeah. yeah, nor have I. Yeah. Yeah. People would do it. I could yeah. do it. It was cold. It was cold enough back then. Yeah. But um, not so much. Yeah. It would be just like lake fishing. I went duck hunting once. They didn't get any ducks that day, which I was super glad. Yeah. I just didn't. I, even though I am a hypocrite and I did and I do eat meat, like it's that was hard, always hard for me as a kid. Like even though I'd walk into some of my friends' garages, you know, and they would have like a, a deer was like hanging from the rafters and they just processed it and there's a bunch of cardboard on the foot, you know, all that stuff. Like that was there. Or some of my friends were like, hey, look at my new keychain, you know, made from a deer hoof or something. Like that. <laughs> but yeah. but like, you know, like there's a lot of like raw animal, like hunter-y things around me for sure. And I I, I could hang with it, but me personally being there when that happened, I'm still that way today. I can't. Yeah. I'm, I'm such a, I'm a wuss. No, hey man, I'm, I'm not, I'm not down with that stuff. On the duck hunt, did you have a gun that day? Did you fire and maybe intentionally I, miss? I don't think I had a gun. I don't think okay. I had a gun. I think, I think they were just letting me tag along. Yeah. You know what? Now that for some reason, as you asked that question, like I saw in my mind, like what if I hired this, like a painter to do like, those like famous scenes of like, you know, George Washington, like, you know, yeah. crossing the Delaware or whatever, like in those kinds of styles of like these moments of like me with a bunch of duck hunters, like, you know, one's pointing up at the sky and there's like ducks or whatever. And I'm just kind of like in the brush looking up, you know, like, <laughs> like <laughs> maybe with an easel and a paintbrush. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's like, he was there as a documenter. He was there as some of the most important <laughs> <laughs> One of the most Moments. important hunts of those uh, activities, like snowmobiling and whatnot. What, uh, yeah. which of those were you most psyched about? Well, I couldn't do ski. I tried skiing once, and it was just like an '80s ski movie. Yeah, you know, like like where I'm coming down the hill, and I still don't know how to stop properly. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like the last bit of the hill. It kind of ramps back up, but it leads to like the lodge. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of like have enough speed that I'm like coming up that that thing and I can and people are like taking off their skis or putting their skis on or whatever. They're it's like a little changing area underneath the the where the 
lodge meets and I'm just yelling like, get out of the way. I can't stop. Get out. You know, like, and then like just slamming into the wall. And, mm. and that's how I stopped. Yeah. That's how you stopped skiing forever. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I can't do it. I think I tried going on my own. I bought my own ticket and went one day on a weekend, like a Saturday. Cause I was like, I'm going to get over this fear of, you know, skiing or whatever. I'm going to figure it out. And then I like went again and I was like, this sucks. <laughs> so I was not <laughs> feeling it. But uh, in Boy Scouts, I think we did, we, we went to a lodge. Uh, oh, I forgot the name of it. It's, it. I think it still functions, but it's an inner tubing place. So oh, it was just for inner tubing. It was this mountain for inner tubing. So we went there and inner tubing was fun. That mm -hmm. That's what I could get into. That was really cool. Yeah. Or sleds. I love sleds. Yeah. I like piloting, like you know, like a machine that you kind of get on. It's either like an inner tube is like you just kind of get on it, you know, wax it, get on it, and just like kind of hope for the best. There's some stuff you can kind of do, whatever, put your feet on the ground. I think bit. considering you had a dad in the Air Force, he might take issue with you saying you like piloting and then talking about <laughs> sleds and inner tubes. <laughs> hey, man. It's my life. Yeah. Okay. Like, oh, I don't want to dig up your past here. I feel like I hit a nerve. So wait, uh, what about fishing? Is that something, obviously that was a, a, a local thing that you grew up with. Did you get the bug for fishing at all? Is that something you ever do as an adult? I mean, I know you don't live in a lot of fish-friendly places. but <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, people around here don't take too kindly to fish. Um, <laughs> just like, get the hell out of here, you and your fish. Yeah, I went fishing the most out of the outdoor things, uh, activities. And yeah, I caught some fish. I, I did it with my dad a little bit. My grandfather loved fishing. Yeah, definitely the thing I did the most. I didn't mind it. I mean, I had my own rod, you know, and I, I loved the gear of it. You know, like mm -hmm. the, the rod. I used to practice in the yard, you know, like putting a little weight on it and like casting it and like reeling it back in. And I love like the mechanism and how it like, you know, lays down the, the fishing wire like 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 evenly as it winds back up. I was like, that's so cool. Like, oh, it's this, you know, I was more into that than actually getting fish. But yeah. fish were a little less uh, intense than mammals. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, getting a fish, it's like, it was kind of gross, but I was like, yeah, that makes sense. You got to do that, you know? Yeah. And I feel like you can more readily gut a fish, clean it, and then like cook it. Like, yes. Right. There. Oh, yes. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. yeah, and 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 within like a like a couple minutes. Yeah, it's it's yeah. If you're good at it, you're like yeah. It's like instantaneous. We um we we took my uh, yeah. or I, I shouldn't say we took my son. I we the kids set up a lemonade stand, and a dude stopped by, long white ponytail, and he was just talking to my kids. One of those like cool cats who just talks yeah. to kids like an adult, yeah, and yeah, yeah. they were just so enamored with him. And he said, "Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I want to go fishing." Let me know. And then the five-year-old became obsessed with the idea of going fishing with this person we didn't know. And uh, and we checked with our neighbor, and the neighbor said, oh, yeah, that's a guy. You know, he lives up there. I have his number. And so my wife, God love her, just called this stranger. was like, hey, do you really, did you mean it? Would you take my son fishing? He's like, yeah, I'll be there in an hour. And uh, took uh, took Axel uh, uh, fishing, and I went with him. And there was, there was this nearby lake, and uh, the five-year-old said, you can't come down the dock. I don't want you to come. And so he wanted me to be able to see him, but he didn't want me to come and hang out with him and Guy. He wanted to have the, his own experience. And it was yeah. the trippiest thing to just watch this dude Pretty I cool. met. 
Wow. Don't know it all. And he then later said, which was so sweet, you know, he's like, look, uh, you know, a guy taught me how to fish. And this is a thing I felt very important to pay it forward. So anytime I can teach a kid how to fish, but uh, they would catch, you know, little fish and, and we, they'd throw them back. And this is a real like sociopath thing. My son said, and by the way, he's of the three, he's the sociopath, <laughs> but he, uh, I'm not saying he's a sociopath. I'm just no, saying no, if no. you had to yeah. pick one, yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. He said, uh, he takes the fish off the hook. He goes, bye, fishy. Go back and get big, and one day we will catch you and kill you and eat you. I'm like, well, that's not. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you you need to send him off like that. Also, maybe he didn't want you to come on the boat because it would have been so clear that you didn't know how to do any of the things that Guy knew how to do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If you never even got on the boat, then we he wouldn't have to see that. So it was just the end of a dock. They didn't actually go out on the boat. I would not, I I want our listeners to know, I would not let a stranger take my son on a boat because that's a real that you try never to do anything that when the police you're filing a report they're like wait what now we met him at a lemonade stand he bought lemonade (laughs) we let him take my kid on a boat your parents are robots and they have infiltrated (laughs) a level five (laughs) like like Oh, that's great. Good job there, Axel. Good catcher. And uh, they're also involved with the Gnomes of Zurich banking scheme. Yeah, you know what? That does track because Axel's been looking at me sideways since his his time with Guy. Guy really wants to go to Zurich. Yeah, he does want to go to Zurich. Yeah, totally loves Zurich. He loves all these. Can we go to Zurich for Christmas? Yeah, totally. Zurich. Was, who's that? Oh, this is Zurich, the uh, the stuntman doll. Like, oh, cool. That's great. The other thing was weird that Axel somehow thought this was important. He uh-huh. said, our code word, if you hear me yell banana, that means I caught a fish. So I would okay. sit there, even though I could see him, he would yeah. then scream <laughs> right, banana. Because right. he did want me to, I was allowed to come down the dock to see the sort of fruits of their labor. I just wasn't okay. allowed to like bust their vibe when they were actually trying to fish, so, so generous of him. Very generous. Yeah, shout out to Guy. Thank you for for everything you did. Yeah, Guy. Good job, uh, I'll Guy. Be over there now. Um, all right, so uh, we have some questions for you, Reggie. Oh, okay. These we ask all our guests these questions. All right, here we go. Uh, you can only pick one of these. Is your ideal vacation relaxing, adventurous, or educational? <sighs> relaxing. Nice. Good call. Good call. Your favorite means of transportation: train, plane. Automobile, bus. Bike. Sounds like bus. Bus, <laughs> bus boat. Had nothing but good well, things for, to say. For long distance uh, airplanes, uh-huh. but for in general existence, a sedan. Yeah. Okay. Nice sedan. Nice. If you could take a vacation with any family other than your own family, what family would you like to take a family vacation with? They could be fictional. They could be from history. They just can't oh. be your family. Family. Family, 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 family. I guess, well, I think it would have been really weird, but kind of interesting. I mean, I don't know for how long, though. But for a little bit, it would be interesting to hang out with the Bradys. All right. That's a good answer. The Bradys? The Brady the Brady Bunch. The Brady yeah, Bunch. Yeah, just because. Yeah. Yeah, because the Partridge family, like, they were they were okay, but I don't know. There wasn't as much weirdness. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, you know, if I could be like a time traveler or a reality traveler and I appear in their reality to just observe for like three days. Yeah. That would be 
That's like when they sick. went to Hawaii. Like maybe you'd be like yeah, staying yeah, yeah. at the same I'd, hotel I'd when they went to Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be like the guy in the background, like cleaning tables. Like I'm in that episode, <laughs> but I would gladly take that one and just kind of be like, oh, this is the vibe. Okay. Yeah. If you had to be stranded on a desert island with one member of your family, who would it be? Ooh, damn. That's tough. One member of my family. Nice place to reconnect with Jean-Pierre. Oh yeah, Jean-Pierre. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Patricia. Man, that's a tough one. I guess I would have to say... Maybe my cousin, Rachel. 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 All right. Yeah. We, we will reach out and see if she agrees. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're from Great Falls. Yes. Would you recommend Great Falls as a vacation destination? I think it depends. I, I don't think it's for everyone. I think it's for a niche mm-hmm. kind of people. Yeah. I think it, if you like to get into like small city culture in the interior of the country, yeah. It has enough going on. There's like some there's great museums. There are great restaurants. There's two actually good like world competing coffee shops. There's all kinds of attractions around there. Uh the Lewis and Clark Interpretive Center is really amazing. The river is cool. You can go on hikes. So yeah, I mean Yeah. It's a great new book, I hear. There's a great new book. Yeah. It's a great new book you could read before you go. There's a book about it. Yeah, you can yeah. read. It's on the coffee table. It's on in every room. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I would recommend it, but I would just say like, it's got, it's not like your traditional, like, Hey, you know where I'm going to Berlin, you know, like that. Right. You're like, yeah, that makes sense. You're going on vacation to Berlin. Yes. But like, where are you going? Oh, I'm going to Sioux city. Uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Or I'm going to two dot Montana. Like, Oh, that's uh, what is that? You know? Yeah. But for some people that, cause it's cool. You know, they're like, I want to experience another reality. That's like not not even close to the usual thing I would go to. Then I would say yes. So, sorry for the long answers. No, that's, no, that's great. Good. That was I'm good sure answer. the Great Falls uh, Department of uh, Tourism, Tourism, Board of Tourism, is delighted. Yes, with yeah, <laughs> they they can pull so. they can pull like three different quotes out of that. Oh my god! So. Well, I'm, okay, I'm down. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, that was right. so easy. Here we go, Reggie. Have you ever been to the Grand Canyon? I've not. Do you want to go to the Grand Canyon? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So this has not been a long dream or bucket list. It seemed like you put a little bit of thought into it and you were like, all right. Yeah, yeah. It's not like someday I'll be at that big old canyon. I want to see that. I want to see that's the size. I want to experience it. Yeah. Um, I just, I need to. But no, I I, I think, uh, I mean, it's definitely something I would check out. It's it's not like, yeah, it's never been like, I got to go there. Gotcha. Gotcha. Fair enough. So that's like kind of right down the middle. We're trying to take a poll of yes and no's, and I'm gonna. I mean, you're uh, real in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a new, I'm a neutral. Neutral in the Grand Canyon. I'm sure once I saw it, I'd be like, "Why didn't I want to come here earlier?" I'm sure. Yeah, that's yeah. how they get you, Reggie. What a delight talking to you. Great Falls, Montana, Fast Times, Post Punk Weirdos, and a tale of coming home again because you went back home. Did you like going back home again? Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I still do. I'm I'm going back. It's the last the last date on my book tour is Great Falls. That's exciting. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And I'm I'm gonna stay for a few days and then I'm going back probably for I'm definitely gonna go back for Thanksgiving and um probably Christmas as well. Uh, even if I just go by myself. I, I just like I still have the house that I grew up in. So it's like it's home, awesome. it's where my parents and all my memories are and it's it's nice to just chill in there and go like wow. It's pretty rad. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Reggie. Really great seeing you again. Pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. In France. 
Energy would sleep in a cave room In Cleveland He might check out the aquarium In France Reggie would travel from town to town In Cleveland He watched Ghostbusters with Bobby Brown Did I say Ghostbusters? I meant Ghostbusters too In Cleveland at night He chased fireflies In France he read comics Asterix and Obelix And play Patonk It's a long game 